Welcome to the Trauma Tapes. I'm Dr. MC McDonald, a PhD trauma researcher, author, and life coach. I'm here with my sister, Elizabeth Meadows. On this podcast, we read your letters, give you advice, and help you heal without shame. We, we had a little bit of a break because I took a little short little trip last yes. weekend. And, How was uh, it? It was so good. It was um, it was warm and sunny, and <laughs> I, um, I I have like discovered that it's like a really important way for me to reboot, and that I need to be like physically taken out of my environment on a on some kind of regular basis mm-hmm. in order just to um, like see uh, get a different perspective. Like I, there's nothing more that I like than like people watching and so like yeah. trying to understand how people live differently and what's important to them and what their landscape looks like. And like, I just, I find that so invigorating in some way. So I need, need to figure out how to make that happen. Um, maybe in more accessible ways or, you know, how to do that because it's really, it's, um, it's important for me. It's life-giving in a way. Do you, do you want to know the brain science behind that? Absolutely. <laughs> so I don't feel like a cuckoo head. <laughs> well, and so we can make it nerdy, which is my favorite okay. pastime. Um, make everything as nerdy as possible. The, um, so, you know, there's all these studies about psilocybin and why, why psilocybin is so helpful for people who are dealing with really like sticky depression or PTSD that's not responding to any other modality. And the um, what researchers are finding is that, um, you know, taking psilocybin gives you what they call a pivotal brain experience, which is essentially when you hit a reset button on on what's called your default mode network. So all of your typical ways of thinking and being in the world get sort of like reset. Okay. And so as researchers do, they also are trying to figure out what else other than psilocybin gives you a pivotal brain experience and travel is like at the top of the list. Really? So yeah. are, are those mushrooms? Is that what that? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Psilocybin is, is a, uh, I forget the word. Yes. Um, <laughs> for lay people. <laughs> mushrooms. Mushrooms. Hallucinogenic is the word I'm looking for. Man, okay. I'm tired. Um, <laughs> it's a hallucinogenic that has been used. I mean, the, the, it, we've known about it and its efficacy since like the seventies, but for lots of various reasons. It's kind of coming up now as um, a really effective, helpful treatment. That being said, don't just go out and do mushrooms <laughs> and expect to have everything cured because what the researchers are doing is studying the use of hallucinogenic drugs in conjunction with a therapeutic model. So it's not just that you do mushrooms and like everything changes, it's that you get a pivotal brain experience and then you have integration sessions with a therapist who helps you integrate that experience and then also the um, whatever it is that you're dealing with, whether that's depression or trauma or anxiety. So, but you can also do things like travel and see how that feels because if you're really an anxious traveler, then psilocybin might also make you really anxious. And so that's worth knowing when you go in. But right. if you're someone who like has your experience where you're like, wow, I feel like I hit the reset button, then maybe that's something that you can do, you know, and there's get- so many ways to do it. You could take a day trip. You could go somewhere quick. You don't have to like make it this huge expensive thing. You can go to a different town for the afternoon, you know? Right. Right. I love to like try to figure out how other people live and what's important I know. to them. I like, I even like, and you don't have to go far for this, but you know, like 
just to see different architecture and different homes mm -hmm. and different, mm -hmm. like, I, I don't know. I just find that so fascinating. It is so fascinating. And it helps I've, me like get like, like flip out of like, appreciate what I have in a way. And, mm -hmm. you know, instead of like, I think when you stay in the same location, you, I, I have a tendency to get locked into like, Oh, it, do I have enough? Is this enough? Is the, you know, is the, mm -hmm. does that make sense? And then when yeah. you're in a completely different location, it's like, Oh, okay. Well they focus on different things. And you know, mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I just, I, I really, it's really helpful for me. And, um, there's yeah. this concept in um, narrative therapy called um, taking a riverbank perspective on your life. And the idea is that like, you know, typically you're standing in the river, the yeah. current is going by, you're in the mix, whatever is going on. And and so you, it's, it's easy to lose your foothold. It's hard to concentrate on things. And so what narrative allows you to do is step away from what's going on and, and reflect. And it's like, so they call that the riverbank perspective. It's like you step onto the riverbank and then you see it's still the same river, but you're looking at it from a tiny, small, different perspective, which makes a huge difference in the way that you see it. Wow. That's and cool. I think that's kind of what you're describing where it's yeah. like you get away a little bit to see more clearly what is. Right. Exactly. Is cool. Yeah. Super cool. I love seeing how people, uh, cause every place has a personality Right. And the people, the people like imprint the personality and they start like people walk differently. They dress differently. There's a different like energetic flow. I remember the first time I stood in Grand Central Station and I like was laughing because everyone was so was like running through the you know train station. And I was like, yeah. what the hell? Like, why is everyone so urgent? But that's just the pace of New York. Like, right. Yeah. Hmm. It's just the energy. It's the way it feels. Yeah, totally. Super cool. Super cool. It is so. super cool. Yay. Well, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. So we have a letter. You want me to just jump into it? Sure. Yes. <laughs> you, you look nervous. Well, I'm telling you, I, I was like trying to decide the funny, whether we tell the funny story about how we did this letter and it didn't record. I think, yeah, it's, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. I, <laughs> we had this great conversation. We accomplished a lot and then womp womp, it didn't record. So we're going to be like taking it over again as if we've never talked about it, but we already talked about it. Maybe that'll make it a lot better. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I Sometimes I think like it doesn't matter. Like it's like a whole new thing anyway, because I forget, you know? Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> so much that goes on and, you know, you were away too. So it'll be like hearing it kind of for the first time and right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. I've been listening to your podcast for a while now and have been trying to work up the nerve to actually write this and send it but usually shame stops me. I feel stupid writing this because my life isn't terrible, but why do I feel like I'm dying on the inside? I felt like something is missing and I don't know what, and that causes me a lot of anxiety. And of course I start overthinking and get more anxious. I'm 27 and not doing anything with my life right now. I quit a job I hated about a year ago. I would cry every single day at work and would have to go to the bathroom multiple times to have a mental breakdown and come back out like nothing happened and pretend for the rest of my shift that I was okay. And I know it wasn't just the job making me feel this way. I had stuff going on internally too that I wasn't addressing and no one knew. I had friends at work that would try to be there for me and I was such an asshole to them. I couldn't match their fun energy and didn't want to try either and felt like such a bitch. 
Eventually, they stopped asking how I was. They got the hint. Anyway, ever since I left that job, I've been on a quest to find myself. In the first six months, I was miserable and broke. I have never experienced anxiety as much as I did during that time, and I've been dealing with it since I was 19. I had panic attacks a lot. I would lock myself in the bathroom and lay on the floor and cry and wonder what the fuck was wrong with me. I've been living with my boyfriend now for a year because I couldn't afford to have my own place anymore and I wasn't working. And going back to my mom's wasn't an option anymore. I feel like a big fat burden because for the past year, he has been helping me tremendously. But I still haven't found a job and the more I go without one, the more I don't want to work. I've been working since I was 17. I know what it's like to pay my dues, but now I can't seem to get a job and the guilt is eating me alive. And I quit school too. I have no motivation for anything. I feel lost and I don't have many friends. I feel so lonely most of the time and I crave connection and friends. And my partner can only do so much for me. He can't be everything to me. I feel bad when I get in these moods because he has to be around me when I'm like this. Sometimes I take it out on him and then I feel like shit. I used to be so independent. I had my own place, a job, money. I paid my own bills. I took care of myself. And now I don't have any of that. And to make it worse, in the past year, I've gained about 40 pounds and I feel so bad about it. I look in the mirror and I don't recognize myself. I go down a rabbit hole and look at pictures of myself from the past and wonder what the fuck happened to me. And I really let myself go. And now I'm so dependent on someone else and I don't like it. This isn't me. I try so hard. I read and journal a lot. I have tools that help me when I'm down. I have a therapist, but I still feel it's not enough. I feel this longing for something and it doesn't help that I compare my life to everyone else's constantly. I pray and I'm not sure I'm hundred percent religious, but I'm desperate for answers. I don't want to feel this way anymore. So where can I start to fill my emptiness? Am I going insane? Oh man. Yeah. You're not going insane. No. I picture like this person being like, she's like under a pile of like rocks, you know what I mean? Like, and trying to be like, why can't I like laugh? Like, well, <laughs> right. you're, you know, a house just collapsed on your head. Right. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to start actually by saying like, and we'll come back to this at the end, but like, if I could like prescribe something, it would be to take like one to three months and actually rest. Yeah. And focus on healing and, you know, moving your body and learning how to feel better in the moment and, and actually take the assistance that people are providing you without shaming yourself for that. Because even though it's been a long time that you've been unemployed, you have, you haven't rested. I can hear it. Right. This hasn't been like time off. Right. This hasn't been restorative. There's a, there's. She yeah. sounds like frantic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're in, you're in fight or flight and the, and that's your, so your body is interpreting this time as danger. Yeah. And so that stress cycle keeps feeding in yeah. and, and compounding and there's more and more stress. I think what do you think as you hear it for the first, second time? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I think that, um, you, it, you said you have a therapist. You said you mm-hmm. have, you know, that there are things you need to work on. You said you have tools. Um, 
So just start somewhere, just, Mm -hmm. you know, and I I think I said this the first time we talked about it, you know, I went to the same therapist for years Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I can't even remember how many years, but it would be the same conversation every week. Have you done this? Mm -hmm. Have you done Mm -hmm. this? And she was, you know, enormously patient. And, you know, I would try to come up with reasons why I hadn't done the things that she suggested. And I was waiting for Mm -hmm. the the day when I would wake up and want to do them myself. And that day didn't happen. I just had to trust her at some point and trust the tools and just do them. And um, that helped, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's the little, little, little things. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, you're going to do X, Y, and Z and your problems are going to be solved. It's, you know, like you said, rest, it's, um, you know, take care of yourself in some way, you know, rely on the people around you, um, and without shame or guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately it was okay. I, I am talking to this person. They are telling me to do these things. I keep pushing back, pushing back, pushing back. How about if I just fucking do it and mm-hmm. maybe it'll work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately they did, but it took yeah. me a long time to get to that point. You know, mm-hmm. I was under the pile of rocks for a long time. So I'm not, I don't want to add to the shame, but eventually what snapped me out of it was doing the things that were suggested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think um, it's super critical that t- so many things are coming up as you're talking. Number one, like this, the letter writer is describing burnout, right? Which has three main components, emotional exhaustion, um, which is just when you have cared for too much for too long. It sounds like that was already happening at the job right. before she even left. Depersonalization is when you don't, you, you start to not care about yourself. There's no self-compassion, maybe less compassion for others. And then a decreased sense of accomplishment. Anything you've done in this time, you haven't imprinted as an accomplishment because she, I think she said at one point, like, it's not enough. Nothing is enough. Uh-huh. And so the the good thing about being like, you know, quote unquote, diagnosed with burnout is that there is a way out and uh-huh. we know what it is. And uh-huh. there are, are very small, manageable steps that are going to feel like really big steps in the beginning that you can add to your everyday life that will immediately make you feel better. Right. Moving for 30 minutes a day. Right connecting with other people in a, in a way that makes you feel joy. It sounds like a lot of your relationships right now are based on guilt. And so is there anyone in your life that you can connect to just for like giggles, you know, (laughs) an old friend that you can call on the phone and talk about like funny things that happened in high school, like uh, an online group that you can bond with over the ridiculousness of reality TV, like whatever, Right. Um, that should happen on a daily basis. Um, what else? Crying actually can be really helpful because that completes the stress cycle. Um, laughing. Laughing. Yep. So your favorite stand-up comedian, things on TikTok, funny dog videos. I'm going to start laughing because I'm remembering one that Lisa sent me the other day. <laughs> um, uh, and then creative expression. I, I am nervous about the journaling because... I'm, I'm imagining the letter writer. I had to, so I think journaling is one of the most powerful things that we can do. I journal almost every single day and I've been doing it for months and months and months. It's hugely helpful, but I had to stop free writing because I was getting just stuck in intrusive thought loops. Yeah. 
And that impacts your mood. Like we story our lives. And when you wake up in the morning and you start telling a story about how bad everything is, that's going to feel like a bad day. Yeah. And so um, can you, I actually just started doing writing prompts on Substack. If you want to look up my Substack, it's Dr. Sunshine. And you can do, there's three times a week, there's writing prompts. If you can look up writing prompts on Google, if you can have an accountability partner where you're, you have some sort of like directed way of journaling that isn't just about what your life is like right now. Um, Because I think sometimes we are doing more harm than good. I, Um, I I totally agree with you. It didn't, that was one of the things that was recommended to me and I, it doesn't work for me either. And I, you know, I had the like set the timer for 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. just write whatever, don't read it, you know, after you've written it and it just, you're, I, I don't think I could articulate why it wasn't working, but it just, mm-hmm. it didn't, it didn't work for me. I also yeah. just like 10 minutes of activity is enough. You know, it doesn't have to be 30 minutes. No, you're shaking. It's your gotta head. be 30. Sorry. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because the thing with movement is that 30 minutes actually completes the stress cycle. Okay. And so if you can't get to 30 minutes, start with 10 with the goal of getting 30 minutes a day. Okay. All right. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Yep. 10 minutes yep. is better than nothing. So it's a great start. But if we're looking at like the actual biology of let's complete the stress cycle and give some of these stress hormones something to do, you have to do 30 minutes, but it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to be like Rocky at the, you know, running up and down the stairs in your sweatpants, like a maniac. You can walk for 30 minutes. Right. Like around the block or like in the yeah. neighborhood. Okay. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. It doesn't have to be super intense. Okay. No, it's fine. Getting outside, like fresh air Mm -hmm. is huge. Yeah. Changing your viewpoint and your perspective. And I think, you know, all of these things are are great, but the thing underneath it, the root of this is that you have an incredible amount of shame about the situation that you found yourself in. And what's happening is just biological. Right. You know, you were in a terrible job. The sign that that was a terrible job was that you were crying in, you know, in the bathroom multiple times a day that, one of the signs of burnout is, is irritability. So this ability, this like feeling like you're, you're reacting and being bitchy. I think she said like, and that feels out of character for you. That's a, that's an indicator light. Something needs to, to give, you know? Yeah. And the the self-awareness I think is, is be proud of that. Be proud that you left the job. Number one, because some people don't, and they just, you know, continue to act out of that place and inflict it on other people around them. Yeah, and totally. also that you were aware that that mm-hmm. wasn't you, that that mm-hmm. wasn't your best self. I mean, yeah, that's that's big. That is big, and and it's if if so, like if you could notice your shame instead of shaming your shame, right? I, I think that would be a huge, huge step here because the it's it's I can see you know when when we act out of character, it's normal to feel shame about that. But instead of compounding that shame by being ashamed of being ashamed, if you could say like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm really acting out of character. That's, that doesn't feel like me. What's going on here? Yeah. Then you have this like opening to, okay, my body and my brain are trying to give me data and I'm you know, not listening. Right. And so when you listen in, what you find out is that you know, this is a bad job. This is toxic. Maybe there's a person in that environment who is triggering in a way that you're not even conscious of. Um, those responses that your body is ha- is having are are important. Yeah. I also think that um, you know, and this has come up in a couple different letters and I I'm 
when someone wants to take care of you, let them take care of you. I know, you know, it's, um, what would you do if the, if the tables were turned, you know, yeah. you would want to take care of that person in your life that you care about, you know, yeah. obviously can cross a line of being, you know, when it's not reciprocated at some point, like it's, you know, it, yeah. it can be dangerous, but you know, we had, we had a, I believe it was a young man that wrote in that who was uh, um, felt shame mm-hmm. that his mother was making him dinner. And I, if someone wants to make me dinner, like, I think that's fantastic. Like, right, right, right. right <laughs> you know, right. lean yeah. into that a little bit. Like it's not, yeah. that's not something to beat yourself up uh, over. And if your boyfriend was in the situation that you were in, you, I'm sure you would do the same for him. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's I'm okay. so glad you said that. That's such a good point. Because the other thing is that when you flip into talk about like t- we didn't do this on purpose, but like tiny perspective shifts, like which we were talking about before we even got into the letter. Like if you can switch into gratitude instead of guilt and shame, you are turning on the hope circuit and you're turning off the fear circuit. So that's another way to kind of counteract some of the stress response that's going on in your brain and body. Yeah. And so can you, and, and you can start in a way that feels fake, like, you know, like share gratitude that feels like, and you still, and you're carrying the guilt and you're feeling really bad, but instead of apologizing, say, I'm so, this dinner is so amazing. I'm so grateful for you for taking care of me, whatever. Right. Cause it can radically change the way the thing feels, you know? Right. Right. It's hard to be stuck. It's hard. It's hard to, I, I, I completely understand that, you know? Yep. Just, I mean, use those tools. I remember, you know, you did this for me not too long ago. Like, give me five things that like make you a little bit happy. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. put them in my phone and like, I was like, okay, I, you know, I feel lousy. I'm going to refer to the yeah. list and yeah. Yeah. do do one of those things. Uh, the other thing is stop comparing yourself, get off social media. Like, oh God, I know, you know, like yeah. don't let all that stuff in. It's mm-hmm. so toxic. Mm-hmm right? So much. Like I, not to like make this about me, but I want to put my, I've I've been more active on social media than I frankly want to be because that's what you're supposed to do when you're trying to like be. Sell a book. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it's not my life. Like what I am showing is like really not my life. And so it's tiny fragments. And I want to put a disclaimer up that says like, Hey, like what, what, this is not real. You know, like this is, I am, I am picking out tiny, tiny fragments. This is not representative of what my daily life looks like, what my state of mind is or anything, because you present something that is very, very separate and intentional and disconnected from what's actually going on, Yeah, you know? And so I also like if you reach out to some of those people who you feel like are doing so well, right? If they're friends, you're, you'll probably find out that there's a lot of other stuff going on behind the scenes. Right. That it's right. not, you know, that simple. You're not comparing yourself to the full picture. You're comparing yourself to the right snapshot to the right. Yeah. To yeah. what they've chosen to put out there for whatever reason. Yeah. And it's, it's just. It's marketing. It is. It's all marketing. It is. It's not real. And people make wild assumptions about what's going on in your life based on what you put on social media. And you're like, you have no idea. Right. What's going on in my life. What are you? It's weird. 
And I think the comparison game, you know, one of the things that's going on, you know, just in terms of like evolutionary biology is that you're, you're feeling isolated and othered. Everyone else in your life has a job, is moving on, is hitting milestones, you know, however you want to, you want to phrase that. And you feel like you're not in that place. And so it's really important that you step away from that because the primitive part of your brain is interpreting that as mortal danger. Yeah. Like, I think we try to like, we feel all this shame about this comparison game on social media. And then we try to label it benign and mm-hmm. say like, oh, it's just, but it's your body thinks that you are in mortal danger because when we were in, when we were living more primitively, that experience of being othered would mean you were in mortal danger. If right. you weren't in the fold with your tribe and your people, you, you were in danger. Right. There's a lot of like, ducks and bunnies and dogs you can follow on social media. (laughs) That are so funny, right? They're so funny. You don't have to follow people. You don't have to do the comparison game at all. And it's so like, like I, we were talking about like whatever recently, (laughs) like I know these things, you know, these things, and it's so easy to fall into it. Yeah. Like I told you recently, I have to block someone because they're pissing me off, you know? And it's like, (laughs) yeah, that you know, the experience doesn't go away. It, you, right. you, you constantly have to be aware mm-hmm. of it. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm feeling, why am I feeling lousy? Because I looked at this picture of this person yeah. that I haven't yeah. spoken to in 30 years. And yeah. somehow I think they're doing better than me. Yeah. And it's pissing me off. Like, right. that's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's so, it's fascinating though. Cause it's like, what is that, that, that drove you to do that? You know what I mean? Like what's, is there an emotion that, that wants to come out? And it's like, oh, this is a, Probably. This is a quick way to do it or what, you know? Probably. Yeah. It's like some kind of fix, but like, yeah. even when you know all the things and you're aware and, and right. your sister's an expert on it and you know, <laughs> you still do it. So yep. it's, it's yep. not something that um, you wake up one day and it's over, you know, you no. just, which I, like, I, we keep talking about this and I think it's so important. Like you, you're not going to be cured. You're not going to be, no. you know, this is a constant day-to-day awareness um, and um, trying to make good decisions and, you know, get 30 minutes of activity. Um, Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it's all the little things. And falling off the horse is part of the process. Right. If we stop pathologizing it, then we can see that it's part of the path. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, the healing path is lifelong. Right. And, and that's exciting because right. it's a beautiful path where yeah. you get to continue to meet parts of yourself that weren't free to reveal themselves until that moment. Right. And and if we can stop pathologizing that and see it as an exciting thing, you you never have to stop learning about yourself. I think that's really cool. It is really cool. And you could be proud of yourself like right. for every little Right. Good decision that you make. Like that's, right. that's pretty cool. You know, it is pretty cool. It is yeah. pretty cool. And and if you can treat yourself, I'm laughing because I, you know, I, I know all these things and I fall off the, the wagon with them like at once every three months, you know, right. right. and I'll find myself sitting at my desk at 11 PM and my uh, smart lights are like telling me to go to bed. And like, I'm like, fuck, like, <laughs> Just one more thing. <laughs> right. But then I'm like, oh, this is why I feel so terrible. I haven't exercised in five days. I'm not sleeping well because I'm working until 11 p.m. I'm not eating right. Like it's, 
And instead of being like, oh my God, I'm broken and I haven't healed and what is wrong with me? I'm like, oh, you silly little thing. You did it again. Right. (laughs) Right. Back on track. Pick yourself up. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And we know that we know the path out of here. So let's keep, let's start one step at a time getting out of here. It's like those little toys that used to wind up and like what to hop and then they just fall over. (laughs) And it's like, all right, pick yourself up and start hopping again. That's it. That's all you can do. Oh, I love those. Do they still make those? They're probably they're, like they're like Easter related. I feel like we could find them. They've been canceled for some ridiculous reason. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Is that helpful? Also being I think so. I mean, I think that probably a lot of these tools are gonna be the tools that, that this person's therapist is trying to tell them to use, right? But I think maybe hearing it from us and will just continue to solidify. Sometimes you need to hear something 55 times from, you know, 55 different people. Or 5,000 times, right? You know? And sometimes right. you just have to behave as if, like behave yeah. as if you want to do it, even right. if you don't want to do it. Right, right. Just fucking right. do it, Right. you know? It might help. Right, right. It might <laughs> help. Know? Yep. hundred percent. And joy. I think like that's going to sound like a ridiculous thing, but if you can figure out ways to... F- fold joy into your everyday life, tiny little bits of it. I think that will start to shift things. Yep. Do you have a tiny little joy? I do. Mine is tiny. You know that moment, like when you're in the shower and you turn off the water and you're wrapped in a towel and it's like still steamy and warm. Yep. Yep. And you just take that like moment before you step out into the, like the cold bathroom floor. Yep. And I always like, I don't know, I like wrap myself in the towel and I put my head down and I'm just like, appreciate the warmth and the steam yeah. and like that, just that pause before yeah. the day begins or whatever begins. Oh, I like, love that. I, I appreciate that, you know? So I love that, that. That is my tiny, tiny little joy today. See, they can be tiny, but that's like a thing you can experience every day. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's kind of awesome. And look forward to it and like, okay, you know. Yeah. I love that. Oh, good. Do you have one? Um, Yeah. Mine is really funny. It's going to make me laugh. I woke myself up laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Like out loud. Have you ever done that? Um, Not in a long time, but I'm sure I have. (laughs) Because I was having this dream that I was hanging out with my, my book agent, Laura, who takes these fabulous trips and we were hanging out and I, we were in a store and she was buying something and she had this really fabulous bag. And I was like, Laura, where'd you get that bag? I love it. And she's like, Oh, I got it somewhere in Nice. And there's like a, a second pause. And I was like, nice. <laughs> <laughs> you cracked yourself up. I cracked myself up. <laughs> so much so that you woke yourself up. Yes. I was laughing out loud in my sleep. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Like I'm just making this ridiculous, and sh- in the dream, she just like looked at me like seriously, <laughs> really. <laughs> She's obviously a book person, and so like, what what a hilarious person to, to tell such a stupid pun to. I have to tell her the story. I love that though. I love that you were able to wake yourself up. Like <laughs> that, that, that's that's pretty be- amazing, right? It's a miraculous thing. Number one, I can make puns in my dreams. How cool is that? Number cool. two, you can like wake yourself up laughing instead of having a nightmare. That's cool. right rad. Right. Well, that's a much better way to start the day. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I love that. So funny. <laughs> My subconscious was like, we need some humor in here. 
Yep. We're going to make it up. Yeah. Let's go stupid pun. That always works. Oh man. Perfect. Okay. Thank you for writing in letter writer. Hope this was helpful. Let us know if you want your letter or your issue or your question featured on the podcast, send us an email at the trauma tapes at gmail.com, or you can send us a DM at the trauma tapes on Instagram. Please rate review and subscribe. If you are like the show, if you are a regular listener, that is one of the most helpful ways to get our podcast into the ears of other people. So thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much.